You're listening to the A Day in Progress podcast, episode eight. Welcome to A Day in Progress, the productivity podcast for women working on themselves for themselves. We give you a glimpse into the daily routines of inspiring women, including the morning and evening regimes, productivity hacks, and planning tools that set them up for success. Now here's your host, journalist, copywriter, and editor of agirlinprogress.com, Emma Norris. Carolina is an academic, author, pole dancer, former PR, social media consultant, and the founder of Blogger on Pole. She also happens to be one of the busiest women I know. In today's episode, I talk to Carolina about how she uses a structured yet flexible approach to manage her time, how she looks after her mental health, why her evening wind-down routine involves witchcraft, and so much more. Hi, Carolina. Hi, Emma. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. I'm excited too, because not only are you one of the busiest women I know, but you're actually a good friend of mine. Yay! Yay and I missed your voice so much. I know, so me hard. too. It's so good Bye. to hear your accent again. <laughs> and it's so good to hear you. So we'll start with a little bit about you. So you actually studied journalism, but went into PR and now you spend your days, you're doing your PhD in internet trolling. Is that right? Yes. My life is a bit weird because I've had <laughs> so many lives and I still have so many lives at the same time. So I did get started as a journalism student and then I thought the journalism life was too uncertain. So I went into PR and then I went through burnout. So I I realized that PR wasn't maybe my thing. And I actually went back to what I wanted to do as a child, which was criminology. And I did so at the University of Sydney. So I moved to Australia for a while. This is how I met Emma. And then from that, I'm now doing a PhD in internet trolling, which kind of blends my PR and like blogging expertise with my passion for criminology. But then at the same time, I'm teaching both criminology and journalism at university. And I've got my own blog and I freelance on the side, but mainly it's my blog that I write on, which is called bloggeronpole.com. And it's a lifestyle, travel and fitness blog uh, where I talk about everything from the perspective of a pole dancer, which is also one of my biggest passions. I'm now a full-on performer. So last year I performed five times. I won a competition. And this year I've actually got a performance coming up tomorrow for International Women's Day. But I'm also a writer. So I self-published my own novel called Bad Tender last year, um, inspired by an abusive relationship that I was in, but made into fiction. And I've also now started my social media consulting business. I'm glad you told us in your own <laughs> because you've done so much that I can't even possibly begin to put it all into words. And sometimes I just have to be like, right, how do I say this yeah. in less than an hour? <laughs> you've nailed it. You've nailed your, not your elevator pitch, but your little concise version. <laughs> and just so everyone knows, you live in London and you are originally from Sardinia in Italy. Yes. So I'm originally from Sardinia in Italy and I moved to London at the age of 18 for uni. 
and then I moved to Australia for two years. So that's why my accent is just this blend of weird things that it doesn't know what it is. <laughs> Beautiful blended accent. I love it. So I'm super excited to get into your day because I know, you know, from listening to the podcast, you've mentioned that your day is quite different to the other people who've been on the show so far in that no two days are ever the same for you. But so I know it's probably a bit hard for you to talk about, I guess, an average day, but what time are you normally up in the mornings? I'm not a fan of those, oh, you know, rise and grind things because <laughs> I think um, it's very easy to kind of think like that and think that this is what makes you productive. But I think it actually guilt trips you into being really tired. I think some people naturally work like that. For instance, my mom is a flight attendant and she wakes up at four naturally because like her body clock is just geared like that right now but I personally am a fan of waking up when my body needs to wake up which is everything from 8 to 9 30 on a normal day if I've had a really big night out it's probably more like 10 but I would say the average time is probably 8 30 but I don't really set an alarm unless I'm obviously going to work to teach which is then you know a bit earlier like 6 30 or something like that yeah and do you find waking up without an alarm are you like once you're awake you're like ready to jump out of bed not always um <laughs> I think in the past couple of weeks because I have depression sometimes it's actually really hard to say oh, you know, now, now you need to wake up and get on with your day. Sometimes I actually don't want to, so I kind of linger there. Yeah. But this week has been really good. So every time I woke up, I was kind of like, yeah, I'm ready to get up, start my day. Um, it's also quite hard in London because obviously, um, and I'm sure you can relate coming from like a warm-ish place, <laughs> it's just very hard to get up when you see that everything is dark and gloomy. Oh, yeah. It's so, so much harder really hard and I think like I have really big windows and when you know even if you have the windows it's all gray it's kind of like oh great you know now now my day has to start and I have to face this um but I think I'm I'm a big fan of kind of doing what my body feels like doing so if it's you know staying in bed for a bit longer I'll I'll do that because now I have a flexible lifestyle that allows me to do it maybe in two years I won't be able to yeah um, so I try to to do things naturally yeah. And what's sort of the first thing you normally do when you get up? So I have this thing that I kind of look outside my window and do a bit of stretching, both to kind of get my mind going and like to be, I don't know, thankful of the sleep that I got and, um, you know, the, the day that is starting and whatever, but also because as a pole dancer who trains every day, if you wake up and you feel really stiff, the best thing to do is actually to try and stretch your muscles because then you're prepared for the whole day. You know, if you need to get into the splits or whatever, mm-hmm. your, your body feels ready for it. So I try to spend like even just a couple of minutes stretching and looking outside my window, even if it's gray. Yeah. So it's almost like a, like a mix, like gratitude, a bit of stretching. Sounds like yeah. a good way to start the day. I'm enjoying it and I think I'm now in the position to do it because obviously I live alone and I have windows but like last year when I was living in the halls of residence because I was kind of waiting to um you know find a flat and I arrive in the middle of the summer and it was the only thing that was available to me it was much harder because I didn't have the space or the view to do this so I'm really thankful to be able to do it but also I think especially when you have mental health issues it's very easy to wake up and think that everything sucks anyway Mm -hmm. so it's nice to think oh you know there's this nice thing that I've done or yeah that 
if if they if you do one good thing for you for yourself that day like that's still you know one good thing and we'll talk a bit little bit more later um i guess about how you manage your depression but so do you normally have breakfast in the morning i do yeah i wake up and i'm always really hungry <laughs> it depends on where i'm at um if i'm in london i would generally have either like almond milk with some grainy cereal or maybe like some bread with either jam or like some fruit on top but if i'm in italy it's definitely like cappuccino and a pastry or like cappuccino and cookies it just depends where i'm at i try i try to have breakfast depending on the type of life that i'm living because I, i spend quite a lot of time in italy still because academia is quite flexible like that and and even if I'm on holiday I just try to have like the national way of having breakfast so in between something like healthy-ish but also a bit of a treat yeah love that that European lifestyle (laughs) I know that you're you're someone who has lots of different things going on so how do you normally plan out your weeks or your days I remember at your place you had like a little because obviously I've, I've been to your place and you had like a little uh, it was like a blackboard where you had your sort of weekly plan on it. I have multiple ways to plan them. I think I actually really enjoy writing things down with chalk on that weekly planner that I've got. So that's more for my week to kind of know the main things that are going on during that week and which day I've got free for myself or like just to do other stuff. But also I do use my iPhone's calendar because obviously it's it's a very good way to kind of keep track of all the appointments, the meetings and like the recurring um, tasks that I've got to do. Like, you know, on this day I'm teaching from this hour to this hour and I just put it, put the whole term in my calendar. But then also I've got a bunch of smaller planners where I plan my day. So for instance, if I need to make changes to a PhD chapter, I will write everything kind of in order of what I've got to do. So I'm a big fan of mixing technology with writing. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. And so like, where are you spending most of your days? Are you normally going into the uni or are you normally like doing some stuff from home? I would say the majority of my days are spent at home and that's because I I don't live very far but not too close either to the uni and I actually really enjoy working at my own pace and by myself and actually making my own meals instead of having to buy them or having to take them from home. So apart from, let's say, two days a week where I go into the uni for the whole day, I actually do the majority of my research at home. And sometimes I go into a cafe and maybe just take my laptop or a notebook and, and, and do some stuff over there. Yeah, nice. And when you do go into the uni, do you normally walk? It's a bit of a long walk. Like over the summer, yes, I might take the time. And especially if I don't have much on during that day. But over the winter, there's actually a bus that goes there really quickly. So I I take that and then I get off just a tad earlier so I can have like 10 minutes walk. And do you normally listen to podcasts when you're commuting? Or listen Uh, to music? No, really not podcasts. I feel like podcasts are something that I listen to when I cook or when I'm like clean stuff but when I commute I tend to listen to whatever music I'm getting into right now or you know like I've made I've actually come into the whole Spotify trend a lot later than most people because I have a very old-fashioned iPod that I could update with my old Mac but now it's a lot more of a hassle to update it with the new Mac because obviously it doesn't have the US things Mm, Um, annoying 
really annoying and and I just use Spotify now and I've made loads of playlists so I've got my drag queen playlist and I've got my <laughs> playlist it depends on how I feel on the day you have very eclectic taste in music like I've got eclectic taste but yours is like on another level I think <laughs> yeah, I've got because I've got so many playlists for Paul it, it goes yeah. from really intense death metal to RuPaul yay <laughs> <laughs> I love it. and do you normally listen to music while you work Yes, which is quite puzzling for some people because I work very well with metal in the background, which <laughs> um, is really, really noisy. But I think because it, it just depends on the type of metal, like there are some types that actually have quite a lot of guitars and, and quite a lot of rhythm that helps my brain to get things done. Uh, but I remember when I w used to work in Sydney at the Atticism with um, Renee, I put on some Pantera and she was like, <laughs> I'm feeling really anxious I don't know what it is and I was Not like for everyone oh, maybe it's the music Ooh, <laughs> oh that's, that's so what funny. it is <laughs> oh that's so funny that it's just like relaxing background noise oh that's so good and when you work from home do you normally just sit at your dining room table or have you got like a little desk set up yeah so for my workstation at home I have different spots I never work in the bedroom and I hardly ever take my computer in the bedroom if I do it it's because I'm feeling very lazy and I want to watch something so I would say that working at my dining room table is probably a, a little better especially if I'm working on my PhD because I've got you know all the papers and books that I need to quote right in front of me but if I'm maybe working on a blog post or writing something creatively I tend to do it from the sofa funny how we have like our different spots like I have I don't know like I find certain types of work I feel like I do really well in cafes and then like other stuff I can just do on the lounge while I'm watching tv and then other stuff I need to be at my desk like it's yeah. funny how that works yeah and like realistically the space is not even that big like in, in you know in the house but it's yeah. nice to have different workstations and different views and it's nice it changes it up it changes it up yeah, definitely. So how are you finding time to work on the blog? Like, do you do it at night or on the weekends? It's tricky with my blog because ideally I've got a tracker where I write everything that I'm going to post, but then I might do something or I might, you know, get some inspiration for stuff. And I just end up writing it straight away. So I'm always like, I don't want to post over the weekend. So I kind of just want to write during the week so that it's posted on Friday and it's all done. And then, you know, maybe it's Saturday and I've watched something that has really inspired me or I've had a conversation that has really inspired me. And then, you know, maybe I'm on a bus or maybe I'm at home and I write everything on my notes on the phone and then I post it anyway. So again, like it's, it's kind of planned, but at the same time, if I feel that something is more current and needs to be published right now I will publish it so um semi semi-structured I would say yeah but you're still flexible with it and you, yeah I guess when inspiration strikes do you feel like you're like that in like most aspects of your life you're like structured but yet flexible yeah I feel like I have to be because um my life is so at the moment nothing is very settled yeah and I'm seeing teaching as well which is it's kind of annoying sometimes that like I would prepare my whole class on a Friday and then on Monday the day before the class the module leader will be like oh I've changed this thing so I have to prepare again so like I need to have a structure just to kind of feel comfortable with what I'm doing but at the same time I think some of the best things do come from the heart so it's it's nice to 
to have that option, I think. I see it even with Paul. If I'm trying to do things that are like not me, if I'm forcing something, it doesn't come out as well as when I'm being myself completely. So I think, yeah, you're right. My life is probably all like that. <laughs> <laughs> and so Paul is obviously a huge part of your life. So how many times a week are you normally doing it? Uh, I would say every day apart from the weekend. So at least five hours a week. But then considering that I also train at the studio sometimes. So I've got a pole in my house. But I also go to the London Dance Academy close to my university to train and to kind of learn new things. So I spend like probably two to three hours there as well. So I would say that I train from like five to 10 hours a week normally. And it's a lot less than last year because last year I would train like even 15 hours a week because I had a membership at the, at the studio and I kind of wanted to make it count. Mm. But now that I've become stronger and more advanced, it's a lot easier to train at home and to focus on the things that I, I want to focus on. So I'm training less, but I'm actually a lot more. I think I'm a lot smarter in the way I do it in the sense that I don't do what I need to do, but I do what I need to work on for that day. Yeah, definitely. And what is it that you love about pole so much? So the way I got into it was that when I was in Australia, I I had this idea that, you know, I was going to come to Australia, just uproot myself, change my life and, uh, I don't know, start a small business and sell panini on Bondi Beach or something. Like I just had really <laughs> weird ideas how my life was. I was going to turn out to be Um, and then it actually turned out that you know my master's was great but it was mainly made of older criminal justice professionals so not exactly people that you could hang out with and I didn't I didn't know many people I felt very lonely I felt very bored and my anxiety was increasing so every time I went running it was just another occasion for me to overthink so I decided to take up a different sport and because I used to do artistic gymnastics as a child I saw pole as a way to kind of get back into it because I like the danger of being upside down um so I, I went to Sydney Paul and I kind of never looked back because the community was great and it was also such a great workout and it fed into my inner show off that I've always had like when I was a teen I wanted to be a burlesque dancer and I wanted to be the front woman in a rock band but I don't I'm not classy enough to be a burlesque dancer and I'm I have the voice to sing in a rock band but by doing pole I can perform to the songs that I like so I think that's a really nice combo and I can challenge gender stereotypes at the same time so yeah and you're amazing at it everyone go and check her out on Instagram because she's really damn good at it Thank you. I think training at home has changed my my flow like majorly because I think I was very self-conscious when other people were watching and now just like training by myself. I'm I'm working on my strengths and trying to improve my weaknesses and I think it's showing like my flexibility and strength are improving. It's a journey for everyone. No one starts being amazing and I was really appalling at first and then you know it's getting better. You've come so far. Yeah, on a similar sort of note, like I know you're a very goal-oriented person. So how do you set goals? Like are you someone who will I don't know, are you a new year's resolution kind of person or will you set like monthly goals? tricky like I do set new year resolutions that are often more about how I feel about stuff rather Mm -hmm. than you know I need to achieve this 
because I think I am a goal-oriented person in the sense that I'm very ambitious and that I do want, want to do a lot of things for myself, but I also don't want to fall into that, you know, very heavily marketed idea of, you know, these are your goals that you've got to smash because if you don't smash them, you're a failure of a person. So I'm kind of, again, like structuring what I want to do, but in a, in a way that feels true to me. So last year, for instance, in 2018, one of the first goals that I set for myself was even if you're not 100% confident, enter a few pole competitions and perform as much as you can. And I entered a pole competition, my first ever, and I won it. And, and, you know, it, it doesn't always work out like that, but I think because I really wanted it and because I was really enjoying myself, it worked out. But at the same time, I'm not very much like, oh, you know, you need to do this and this by the time you're 30 because otherwise failure. Like I used to think like that quite a lot, but having massively uprooted myself and changed my life through going back to university has actually taught me that. I do need to have some goals not to let myself go completely, but I think I also kind of need to cut myself some slack. Yeah, not put too much pressure on yourself. I think goals are good to give us direction and sort of something to work towards, but I think, yeah, a lot of us are definitely guilty of being like putting too much pressure on ourselves if we don't reach it in that sort of rigid time frame. Yeah, and I think, you know what, like, it's so easy right now to feel inadequate because there are so many people that are doing so well and that are showcasing it and sharing it. And, you know, I, I'm doing really well and I'm happy with what I'm doing. But at the same time, some, sometimes I really struggle. So I think it's necessary to understand that obviously everybody will promote the good things that they do. They won't think about the bad things or they will think about them, but they won't share them with the public. So I think it's very important to kind of not the best, but I have to be the best I can be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You're only competing against yourself. Back to your day when you're working from home. So I know you said you normally will make lunch for yourself at home. What sort of meals do you normally make? I have this go-to salad that I really love. It's a chickpeas and falafel salad with dried mm. tomatoes and like baked zucchini or like baked vegetables. And I really, really like that because um, it's healthy, but at the same time, it's tasty. It's very kind of filling but you know it doesn't make me feel guilty but also depending on how cold the day is and how snugly I'm feeling I have like a variety of risotto recipes that I like making either with like pumpkin or zucchini or mushrooms yeah I, I mean I, I wouldn't say I'm definitely eating a lot more carbs at the moment, especially like for lunch, because I need the energy for when I train. And then, you know, over like a, during the evening, I'm a lot more about vegetables. And do you normally snack throughout the day? Not really, no. I have, I, I make smoothies and I have teas and coffees, but I don't really snack throughout the day. Sometimes just some grapes or some fruit, but um, I'm not a massive snacker. I'm noticing that since I, I actually reduced my training hours, I'm less hungry and it's actually more beneficial for my body because, you know, when you're training for three hours from six and then you skip dinner, then you become really hungry and you do need to snack. But if you train in the middle of the afternoon, then it's, it, it comes naturally to have dinner. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's, I don't know, like I find if I have like heavy carbs, like on it during a work day, I mean, I still do it, but I feel like my energy is so sluggish. So you normally eat your lunch, obviously in the apartment, but do you try and like get out for a bit and like, I don't know, just stretch your legs or go for a walk? 
Yeah, have my go-to walk. I live really close to this place that's called London Fields Park. And it's a really nice park because it feels very local without the posh parks that you can sometimes find in London, like it's mm. no Regent's Park, for instance. But it's really nice because you could tell that you're in, in Hackney, which is the area where I live, because, you know, there's families with children and then there's kids and then, you know, there's hipsters coming out of a coffee shop it, it's very nice so I just grab a takeaway coffee from my local coffee shop that makes amazing cappuccinos and then I just walk down to the park walk through this lovely street that's called Broadway Market take a look at the Regents Canal and then I walk back up it's like a half an hour 45 minute walk uh, but it's it's just really nice to take my mind of things especially if I've PhD'd for the whole day yeah, definitely. And do you try and like when you're working from home, do you have like a cutoff time that you'll stop working or does it just depend what you've got on? It depends on what I've got on. I try on the days that I work from home, I try to have a day where I'm just working, where I don't have any other appointments or maybe I just have some yoga in the evening or like training. But, mm-hmm. but I would say that at like 7-ish p.m. I stop. I try never to do anything beyond 8 because that's, that's just wind down time. And if I keep working until late, then I won't have a good night's sleep. Yeah. And are you normally off your phone after that? Because I know you're quite like you, you're a fan of the digital detox, aren't you? Like you're quite proactive about like putting some boundaries around social media. Yeah. So, I mean, ideally I would like to stop using my phone after nine. It's not always like that because especially if I'm coming back from poll or if I'm coming back from an event, most likely I will want to post stories or like maybe like a whole post. So it just depends on what I've got on during that day. But ideally, I try to keep that one hour before bed phone free. And then depending on how I feel, sometimes I actually just detox for a whole day, generally on Sundays. So I just have that one day for myself and I, and I try not to check my phone or like I do use the internet. Like if I need to check how to get to a place, I would use maps. Or if I do want to watch something, I would watch Netflix on my TV. But um, yeah, there is usually one day in which I try not to use my phone too much. That's amazing. And do you just like turn your phone off or are you just like able to just not check it? You have that willpower. It depends. Um, I tend to put it on airplane mode because, you know, I do want to take pictures sometimes, especially if I'm taking a nice walk or doing something slightly different. I might want to use Spotify I can't completely keep it on airplane mode unless I download all of my playlists. So it it depends. I I had an Instagram detox over the Christmas holidays and I actually had my phone on, but I just didn't open Instagram for a week and I could do it. So if I really wanted to do it, I would do it, but I think it's easier to use airplane mode. You're amazing at that. Like, I don't know how you have that willpower. (laughs) I think it's just that sometimes I'm so over everything and I'm kind of like, I I don't want to hear about anyone for like at least a day. I think everything I do is quite social. Like even when you teach students, you have to be really upbeat all the time and like really talkative. And I'm kind of like, nah, enough. <laughs> it's draining, yeah. It's, we've spoken about this before. Like it's draining having to be on all the time. Yeah, and increasingly, you know, it's going to be like that because we do our work through social media. So sometimes it's nice to take a holiday from that. Yeah, absolutely. What do you normally do? So if you're not on your phone at night, like do you normally watch Netflix or read before bed? 
I do both. So I, I watch maybe a couple of episodes of a series or, you know, if there's anything on TV, because the UK, you know, BBC and like channels in general are quite good with the things that they've got. And then I read afterwards. So after I finish watching my stuff, the reading time that I have in bed is actually the proper one down time. So that's when my day is officially over and I'm reading a book. What do you normally read? Um, last year I went on this weird non-fiction spree and I realized that I actually don't enjoy it because I love non-fiction, but I think to read non-fiction, I need to be on holiday and not have any other worry. Mm. And then I can finish the book really easily. But if I read a non-fiction book where I'm here in London working, it will take me four months to finish it. And I, I actually was so stupid because I ended up picking really grim crime books like the um, chronicles of uh, manson murders like yeah helter skelter and all of that and yeah. i was like why am i doing this to myself why i'm really depressed maybe you should not read it before bed <laughs> it seems to be a popular genre before bed like i feel like everyone that i've had on the podcast so far has either listened sorry read non-fiction or crime before bed neither of them are particularly relaxing before you're gonna go to sleep <laughs> No, and especially because some stories are so grim, like these Manson murders, I, I, you know, I knew about them, but obviously when you read the whole thing, it's kind of like, why, why am I doing Gruesome, this? yeah. I, I do read um, crime novels, but I think, like, if it's a novel, it's a bit different. Yeah, um, it's not real. And, yeah, exactly. But I am trying to actually pick more positive books because it, it's helpful. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And obviously you live in London where there's always a lot happening, a lot of events on. So are you normally out a couple of nights a week? I would say so, yeah. I mean, I try to keep nights where I'm just by myself relaxing with a glass of wine at home. But I also do like going to events because I realize, because obviously now I do so many jobs and I'm often tired and, um, you know, money is not always pouring in. <laughs> so sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm not going to go to that event. But luckily I'm getting invited to quite a lot of events through my blog. So I try to go to at least, at least a couple. Yesterday, I went to a lovely vegan cooking class just down the road from me. And it was nice because it was kind of targeted towards helping people discuss their mental health. It actually came naturally because um, it, it was at Lele's, the coffee down the road mm -hmm. that I think tried as well. Yeah. And the family is Italian. And, and you know, for us, it, it's a big thing to kind of like chat when you cook. So it was really nice to be able to do that. But the events I go to are like really weird. It, it, it can literally be everything. It can be the opening of a bar or it could be, uh, I don't know, like a pole performance or I don't know, a movie or an academic talk. It's, it's very varied. There's a lot going on in London. Yeah, definitely. And do you sort of try to limit the amount that you go to just so you're not so too drained on top of everything else? Yeah, I definitely do. And and I think there was a time when I used to work in PR and I used to blog a lot more about food and events where literally at least four days a week, I would be at an event. Um, and then I realized that I wasn't enjoying eating out anymore, that I wasn't enjoying going to events, that all I wanted was to be by myself. So now I'm trying to kind of just go to Something that feels that I would enjoy. And if it's something that just looks like the ultimate fad, I won't go. Um, especially if I've got other stuff going on that I would have to cancel. I don't do it anymore. 
Yeah. And I want to ask you about when you were writing your book. So were you really structured in like sort of setting aside time to write or was it kind of like with your blog where like it was more when, you know, when you had a pocket of time or like inspiration struck? It's been a bit of a journey with that book. So the one that I self-published, Bad Tender, I actually wrote the majority of it when I was couch surfing in the US by myself for two months and I wrote it on notebooks. Because that book was a fictionalized and obviously the much worse version of the relationship I was in. I was kind of trying to experiment with all the scenarios in which it might have gone and it was therapeutic for me to write it. So it was mainly on notebooks and, and not much structure apart from when then I came back and I started copying it back in. But now I've just finished writing a detective story with a twist that I'm hoping to find an agent for. And again, I started when I was inspired to write it and you know I jotted down something like 20,000 words. But then I realized that it could be a novel. So I I saw this challenge popping up. It was called like, I don't know if it was like summer writings came up last summer and it was literally just, you know, write 1000 words a day for, I don't remember if it was 10 days or 15 days and I did it and I actually ended up writing more than that. And that was very helpful to give me structure and to give me more content and then I, when I'm on holiday, I write a lot. When I'm in Sardinia, I just put my laptop in front of my terrace and I just, you know, look into the garden and write. That sounds yeah. so idyllic. <laughs> it is. It's really nice. It actually makes me feel really relaxed. And I've got my beer or my coffee. It feels amazing. But when I'm here, obviously, I don't have that much time. And sometimes I actually really don't feel inspired. So now that I knew that I had to finish my novel, because it, it was literally like 10,000 words from being finished, I was like, right, for the next 10 days, I'm going to write 1,000 words a day because I'm so close. But I've waited. Like, I think it took me a year and a half to write this novel. It would have taken me a lot less if I was on holiday all the time but I wasn't so yeah with that inspiration yeah I think sometimes like when you don't have inspiration you kind of just need structure (laughs) and a deadline it's a good mix I think you can't just like vomit words out because you're not inspired but at the same time sometimes if you don't start writing that inspiration just doesn't come yeah definitely and so what time do you normally go to bed I would say everything between 11 and midnight. Ideally, it should be 11. But sometimes if there is a really good show on or a really good documentary, then I get to reading a bit later. So, you know, that changes. Uh, Like yesterday, Channel 4 is showing that Michael Jackson documentary that is really shocking. Oh my God, I want to watch that. Did you watch it? I watched the first part. The second part is coming out. No, it's really disturbing. Really full on, yeah. I want to watch it, but maybe like not a just before bed kind of thing. Yeah, that's a good call. Watch it on a weekend. But, you know, that finished at 11. So that meant that instead of like going to bed to read at 10.30, I got to bed at like 11 something. Open for two changes, but I try not to make it too late. Yeah. Do you normally fall asleep like straight away? Like if you if you're reading or whatever? Sometimes, yeah, unless I'm worried about something, my sleep is getting a lot better because I'm taking melatonin, Molson CBD, cannabis oil. Oh, um, is it good? Everyone yeah. says amazing things about it for um, anxiety. Yeah, that's why I'm using it because all of my friends that have anxiety were kind of like, oh, you know, you should try this. And it actually did make a difference in the way I sleep. And on top of that, it, it it's good for like muscle tension and because yeah. obviously my 
muscles are always broken. It's quite nice to have that. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that normally, unless something massive is worrying me, I do tend to fall asleep quite quickly. And how do you take your CBD oil? Like, is it like a tincture or like, yeah, I don't even know how else you would take it. Is it like a supplement? I think there's both supplements and drops, but I do take drops and you're meant to take two or three drops under the tongue um, before you go to sleep or, you know, even three times a day. But I tend to just take it before I go to sleep. Yeah, it's a shame. It's like, I think it's still, I mean, it might be legal there. I don't know. But it's, yeah, it's really hard to get it here. I think it's pretty much completely illegal, which is stupid considering it's like therapeutic. Yeah, I mean, here they've made it legal and now they've made a big thing into, you know, selling it even at, you know, Holland and Barrett or like, you know, health shops and whatever. Oh, wow. Last year where there was a child that suffered from epilepsy, the best thing that he could have was this cannabis oil and it was illegal. Uh, So everybody was like, why is this illegal if it can actually help people? Yeah, exactly. What you will find Mm -hmm. is that, and this is quite weird, like when I was buying it, I was like, I'm very anxious. Um, Do you know like how much I should take? Do you know, you know, if there's anything stronger than that that you could give me? And they were like, we can't tell you anything. We can just sell it to you. And I was like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) How weird. So then maybe they're not allowed to like give any advice in relation to it. Like here, just take it. (laughs) Yeah. How funny. Um, And so what do you normally do with your weekends? It, it depends. I think there are, there are a couple of pole classes at the studio that I like taking, but now that I have the pole at home, I'm becoming a lot lazier. So I would say that like once a month I go there so that I can see my friends that train on a Sunday and also, you know, take those classes that are really nice. But what I really like doing is spending time in my area because there are so many cute markets and, and independent events. And I also like to go to the cinema a lot because I've discovered a really old independent cinema near my house that has a beautiful bar and just a beautiful crowd around it. So I tend to like go there and try to watch some movies or sometimes, you know, there's birthdays or events with friends and I try to go to them as well you live in such a cool area like I feel like there would always be something to do or a cute cafe to go to or a cool bar and so do you normally do anything special on a Sunday to sort of get prepared for the next week I would like to be the person that meal prepped. Maybe I don't do it. <laughs> Maybe I make myself a nice breakfast. Like sometimes I make myself protein pancakes following your recipe still. Oh my God. Um, I didn't even use my then, recipe anymore. Um, <laughs> Wasn't it you who had the banana, the banana protein pancake recipe? No, no, it was you. Oh no. I don't know. I feel like I had it down pat for a while and now I just can't do it anymore. <laughs> I think I need to get a different type of protein powder. Yeah, I mean, my protein powder is vanilla flavored, so it's really mm, nice. And so I, I will make those or, you know, maybe make myself a nice meal like lasagna or risotto or whatever it is. Um, but I don't really have any particular rituals, I would say. I just try to be kind to myself and not, you know, go super far if I don't feel like it. Sometimes I have brunch with my friends like I did last week. Just depends. Sounds lovely. And um, you've mentioned Spotify, but I want to know if there's any other apps that you sort of love or use on a daily basis, like whether, I mean, you kind of mentioned your planning tools, but like any productivity tools or like mindfulness apps? Uh, No, I don't really use those for that reason because I used to use Headspace meditation. 
after a while, the guy's voice started to creep me out. Oh, I can't do Headspace. His voice, like, no offense if this guy ever listens to this for some reason. I literally listened to one episode and was like, no, I changed to Calm, which I like the girl's voice a lot more. Yeah, I think he sounds very patronizing, which I don't know. It's not what you Um, want when you're trying to meditate. I I try not to use my phone for stuff that is different from work. Because, I mean, I already have to use Instagram, LinkedIn, a bunch of emails and Twitter and whatever for, you know, my blog and my work and whatever. I don't really use it for anything else. I do use my notes app quite a bit because sometimes if I'm on the go and I need to write something, I will write it on the bus and then, you know, email it to myself and post it on my blog. But I think, yeah, I think that's it mainly. I do use quite a lot of apps to, you know, improve my Instagram stuff. So like Snapseed or Unfold or Lightroom. But I would say that's about it. Cool. And so what are your three non-negotiables for a happy, productive day? Starting my day without going on social media, first thing. So what I do before I go to bed at night is that I, I have this weird altar thing with like candles and incense and stuff. So I burn some incense and I light some candles. So the first thing that I do in the morning is, you know, getting rid of all the ash and stuff like that. And um, then I would say, yeah, not going on social media first thing. And then ending the day with my nightly meditation in front of my candles and incense. I think that's really helpful because it has this like really calming effect. Mm. And I can that if I don't meditate before bed then I have so many thoughts that I don't actually sleep um, but I think just as a normal kind of life thing I just try to do what feels natural yeah I love that when you do your meditation do you so is that just like not a guided one like you just do you, how long do you normally do that for it's probably like less than five minutes what yeah. I found was that especially when your anxiety is really bad, it's very hard to meditate because obviously all the intrusive thoughts go into your brain again. So both through therapy and through some relaxation yoga that I'm taking just down the road, I found some different ways to breathe. So I'm trying to do that and kind of use them in my in meditation but also I read this book about Wicca which I found really cool because I've always wanted to be a witch. <laughs> and Me too. Um, <laughs> never got our Hogwarts lesson. <laughs> um, pretty much what it says is that like the Wicca meditation or like just to kind of be more grounded is to repeat the names of like pagan goddesses. And I found it really helpful because when I'm not repeating stuff in my brain, I'm thinking, oh, you know, here's that thing that I've got to do tomorrow. Well, if I have to focus on, you know, repeating names or repeating words or whatever, my brain just focuses on that. So it, it's really helpful because it empties it, it empties out my brain. <laughs> yeah, and I know in a lot of types of meditation, well, not a lot, but in some of the types of meditation, it's all about like repeating mantras, which I feel like yeah. is really useful. Like, yeah, if you're someone who can't turn your brain off, if you have something to actually focus on, I feel like it's really helpful. Yeah, I think so too. Because I mean, that was my issue with Headspace and that was my issue with CBT initially when they were like, have you tried breathing? Have you tried meditating? And I was like, yes, but my brain is exploding and it doesn't want to meditate. So this is the best version for me. I love it. And it's very unique. I've not heard, like no one said anything similar to that. So I love it. And where can everyone find you on social media? 
So you can find me on all channels. So Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at blogger on pole, which is different from blogger on a pole. There's no a, it's just blogger on pole. And my blog is bloggeronpole.com. And we'll put those in the show notes as well. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was so good to hear your voice again and to hear about your day. It was so nice to hear from you and I've missed your voice so much. Thanks for tuning in to the A Day in Progress podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and leave us a review. And if you're after more life, career and health advice for women working on themselves for themselves, make sure you head on over to agoinprogress.com to check us out.